Microsoft's thinking about buying Discord. E3 2021 will be free to everybody with paywalls. And CD Projekt Red has some more updates about what they want to do with their games moving forward. Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to episode number 14 of the Nitpixels podcast, presented and brought to you by the Making Fun crew. I am your host, Raven Stadmiller. Alongside me, as always, is one very tired lad, uh, Mr. Casey Johnson. Casey, how are you doing? Tired. Uh (laughs) Oh, wow. Who would have known? Who could have thunk that? So I mentioned on the show um, last week that we have announced yeah. the um, the Who's Who award show for yeah. next year, and um, man, uh, just I mean it's only been announced for a week, and I'm already tired of planning this thing in the best mm-hmm. way, of yeah. course. But like, I don't know. I spent this week kind of assembling my live production Avengers mm. um, because for reasons that will be announced at a later date that are not very difficult to infer from what I'm about to say, um, we need people to be able to film and broadcast with multiple cameras. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I've been just like messaging my people pulling out my old emerge contacts and uh because i mean truth be told i worked with like the best group of guys in emerge as far as production is concerned and they are like they are the people that i would trust with this mm. um so kind of made some calls getting the band back together and uh yeah it's been exhausting because i'm realizing exactly how big of an undertaking this is going to be. And I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, like, dear God, uh, just right. realizing all of the, like, going to have to have somebody, it, the little stuff that you don't think about, right? Like, somebody's going to have to compose music to be the soundtrack of this show. Um, somebody is going to, probably me, have to learn how to use After Effects good and make motion <laughs> graphics and all of this little stuff that you it's just baked into the show you don't think about it but my right. my job is to make sure that all of the things that are usually baked into the show that you don't have to think about you never have to think about them because they go right. off without a hitch yeah that, that, that's the whole thing is that you make things that are good enough you're like wow that looks pretty and then you never think about how much time and effort actually goes into making your motion graphics mm-hmm. so. but yeah i i, I I knew this was going to be a big project for you going into it, but I'm glad to hear it's at least going. You know, that's not like there's any hitches so so far. Just mm-hmm. a lot of and we do have a lot an of entire contacting. year, which is nice, right? Yeah, you know, you'll want all of your planning to be done within before then, but right, you have a, you do have a year to get out, make sure everything goes through. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. Hopefully by that point uh, we'll be fully vaccinated. I can come hang out and say hey. Yeah, um, I did get my first shot. Um, yesterday i have my appointment scheduled Ooh, for when uh the 10th exciting exciting Mm. yeah so i'm i have my first shot uh the microchip has been put in me 
Uh, my second shot is scheduled for the 21st, and then I should be good to go and see people in real life by the first week of May, I think, is when they're going to give me the all clear. I'm very excited. Mm. I'm excited to walk around a public and not have to worry about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it won't go back to normal for a long time, but hey, at least that'll be something. So, mm. <sighs> so I know you've been, you just said you've been real busy with getting all this stuff scheduled and whatnot, all this stuff. Have you had a chance to play any games? Mm. Well, you know, I'll come home and... Nia will be here waiting on me, and she will be like, do you want to play Minecraft? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> it's the perfect de-stressor game, really. Yeah. You just come home after a long day, and you're like, I'm just going to go peacefully build something. So we've been working on, because as you know, and I've, I've said this before, generally I build, first thing that I do in Minecraft is build a temporary home into the side of a mountain. Yeah. Um... And we made the decision that now is the right time for us to no longer be in that temporary home on the side of the mountain. And so mm. we're working on, well, she is mostly working on um, making this massive tree house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are like, Planting trees, growing them, uh, tearing them down, recycling the leaves, getting saplings, replanting, and just building what is essentially from the outside going to look like a massive tree, uh, but yeah. what it is going to be is a mansion. Um, mm. And then the place where that is our house now is essentially going to be a, like a mining entrance. I'm going mm-hmm. to have um I'm gonna bring it down just a couple of levels um and just have longer stairs going into it and then I'm going to uh have strip mines going down in all directions mm. um that way there's always like I'm reaching the full potential of our mining opportunities. So we've been essentially working on that. I've been getting a lot of, of gathering a lot of wood rather, um, giggity. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I also like my one big project was because I've never done any type of legitimate rail system. And I was like, I want to build a, more or less a trolley to get me the 100 or so 150 blocks between the old place and the new place when I want to go down to or when I you know want to access whatever is over there so I built that system and that's kind of been my uh my big accomplishment over the last couple of weeks is that I built depots to come in and out of and then a, a, the actual system which you know I've never really done any redstone work I've never really worked even with like powered rails and stuff so it was I mean I will say it was a lot more straightforward than I thought that mm-hmm. it was going to be but um yeah, you just you just put down some rails you put down a powered rail like two or three mm-hmm. every 10 or 15 or 20 yeah and you just zoom on Yep. 
but very proud of myself for that, especially because I built it over certain death. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I'm going from mountain to mountain. There's there's no room for error there. Yeah. Just hold down. Um, just hold crouch for the love of God and just pray. Yeah. Well, luckily my crouch is on toggle, mm-hmm. but also that gets me into some sticky situations as well because I think that it's on and it's not. Yeah. But I've gotten pretty good at putting down water when I fall. Yeah, that's not bad. So it's a good good trick to have up your arsenal. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> that's a <sighs> that's a ratchet and clank game. It is a Ratchet and Clank, which I did download to my PlayStation because it's free right now for the... Uh, I don't know if we've talked about that yet or not. We haven't. Um, uh, we should probably bring that up at some point. It doesn't have to be today. We have a lot to talk about today. We'll bring it up. We'll bring it up next week. Well, um, it's called... It's the Play From Home <laughs> Initiative. Go grab free games from PlayStation. It's like Ratchet and Clank and a bunch of free games and then uh, a bunch of free indie games. And then also next week it's going... Or not next week... Two weeks from now, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition will be free for everybody to download. Which, dear God, I mean... Go. Go get it. It's free. If you have a PlayStation, just just go get it. Don't even think about it. Just go get it and play it and be happy. I can't wait for Forbidden West. Um, mm. On my end, I, I had the, I've taken this entire week off of work, and I'm some, um, starting to play through some games that I've been wanting to. Finally got to a happy stopping point in skyrim and by happy i mean i did all the dlc i wanted to do i started doing the um the last like faction i needed to do which was the companions and got very bored like two missions in and i haven't touched it in like six days mm. um which just happens uh, that, that that's how my playthroughs with skyrim usually go i was like i think a little 83 or something i didn't have to worry about anything in combat anymore like it's just i was so strong i never really almost died to anything so yeah um, so I started playing Fire Emblem Three Houses because I just wanted it. Just sounded good. It's just <laughs> one of those old classics. I was like, I, I went to go sit down and I was like, you know, I don't think I ever finished my last playthrough of this, and I hadn't. I was like two chapters away from the end, and I just never powered through the last three hours of it. Right. Um. So I, I went ahead and I was like, you know what? And I deleted it and I started a different route. Um. Because while I was playing through that, I. New Game Plus was a thing I had introduced, and then I was like, ah, this makes it like way too easy, and so I, ha- I haven't been doing it on this run. It's been a lot better. Um, but uh, as of today, actually, I actually ended up finishing Yakuza 0, and oh my god, is that game amazing. Mm. One of my favorite games I've played in a long, long time. Um, Emily would not stop talking about how much she enjoyed that game, and it was, uh, and I had a lot of the same sentiments. It's just, it was the perfect, it is, like I've said every time I've talked about this game, the perfect mix of serious and uh, funny pauses that aren't like ha ha funny like ha you're making me laugh but actually genuinely good funny interactions <laughs> right that give you a break from the serious story that's going on around the game um, highly recommend anybody who gets a chance to play it to play it I think all seven or eight games of it or I think zero through six are all on the Xbox game pass mm-hmm. for anybody to use so if you ever have a chance to do it and you have Xbox game pass give it a shot uh, Yakuza Zero is definitely much, much longer. Um, I say that as I played Yakuza One for about twenty-seven, twenty-eight hours, and I think I finished up Yakuza Zero today with sixty-five. Mm. Um, so it's a much longer game, but all the other ones you can finish in about twenty hours or so, and they're all very much worth it, in my opinion. And then you can meet Nugget, and it's a great time. 
Yeah, I think that's going to be my next big conquest. Hmm. Is I'm probably gonna jump into one of those games. I do have a couple of games that I'm getting slash got that I'm excited to jump into. Um, hmm. So there's this game that's coming out. It's essentially an arcade wrestling game. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Retromania. Actually, the the original. Um, I think it might have been WWF WrestleMania or something like that. It was on the SNES. Um, this well, is the same guy who was the lead developer for that. And oh, although it's not licensed, it is the official sequel. Um, it is the spiritual successor, but also he has that um, that added perk of being the creator, so he can say it is the mm-hmm. the the actual uh, sequel. Yeah. Um, and then I, I I bought another game, and this is gonna surprise you. I bought Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> I I haven't been on social media a lot. Uh, still don't have it on my phone again. But every time I've heard about it in like the YouTube videos I come across, it's still not not good. Uh, Metacritic is currently sitting at a fifty-seven, and that's probably a little bit generous. I don't know. Ooh, uh, my copy God, of it sounds... is going to be delivered tomorrow, and uh, um, you can find out everything that I think about it not only next week on the show once I put in a little bit of time, but also. Um, Raven, I'm not even going to lie. This is the first game I've ever bought just to make a video about it. Um, (laughs) And it will be the subject of the case study for um, 416. So, just uh, over a week and a half from now, as of listening, I cannot wait to hate this game. It's like... I know I say I like every game that I play and they each have merit, but this is one of those rare exceptions, I think, mm-hmm. where um, mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem like there's a lot going on in it and all of the systems that it does have that like it tries to make it unique just aren't don't work very well, which is a shame because I remember being really into this game. I remember you being kind of looking forward to this game whenever it was first announced at oh, yeah. E3. Yeah, um, uh, it was or the, no, was um, it the Series X announcement. Yes. Yes, yes. Forever ago. Yeah, the, the, the same time that they um, revealed the um, incredibly well-received gameplay of Halo Infinite. Yeah, everybody loved the gameplay of Halo Infinite so much. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm interested to, to hear more about that. Uh, on my end... I think after we're done recording, Emily and I are going to have dinner and kind of hang out for a little bit, and then I think we're going to finally play Miles Morales. It's a game oh, that we haven't played yet. My we God, basically, dude. We basically just got the PS5, played Valhalla, and then just haven't really touched the PS5 since then, mm. like except for here and there. But it's just because like, I I get off work at 5, and she gets off work at like 6, so by the time that we actually sit down to play games, it's like 7 or eight, like seven yeah. usually. But even then, I like to eat and then play games, so it's like we don't really start playing till 8. And then we go to bed at 10. So it's like I stopped playing around 930. So I only get like two hours at most to play at night. Yeah. But Miles Dude, Morales, I heard it's one of those games that you can finish in like 20, 20 hours or so. But looking very much looking forward to that. So 
And then after that, I'm not not sure. Uh, hopefully that and like I don't know, Yakuza Two probably lasts me until the end of the month whenever I can play new Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited, so excited for new Pokemon Snap. But with all that being said, um, I know we last week were doing that really cool interview of me and <laughs> there. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it, I thought the uh, the guest was a pretty rad on that, mm-hmm. but. Uh, we, there's there's a bunch of news this week. Uh, I hadn't really realized just how much. And then Casey sent me seven seven different links, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, this is gonna be a nitpixels kind of week. And then as we were getting ready to record, Casey sent one more <laughs> as we're like getting audio synced up. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's fine. So we just have a bunch to get through. So we're gonna continue that hopefully next week, maybe I don't know. Um, but until then, let's go ahead and get through what we got now. So first up on the list, an article on Kotaku by Alex Walker. <laughs> Counter-Strike max match fixing is so bad that the FBI is getting involved. What a world we live in. <laughs> so I skimmed through the article and more or less it is talking about some players in Australia who are betting on their own betting on their own games of Counter-Strike, betting against themselves and then throwing the game to make a profit. They're like, oh, we're going to bet that that team will lose. And you put it in on yourself and then you lose. Um, which is a thing that's happening. Apparently that was in Australia a while ago and then they stopped it. Mm. Or no, that happened in the U.S. and then it got stopped. But it's cropping up in Australia because Australia's like legal esports voting or esports betting stuff is just now coming up. Like it's a very recent thing. This is so weird, man. I, I wasn't expecting to talk about <laughs> this at all, ever. But, I mean, it makes sense that people would be match-fixing in games, especially in ones that they're directly involved in and can just be like, oops, I had a bad day, mm. and then make, like, $200,000 or whatever. Yeah, no, it's... Which is, like, $20 in Australian dollars. It's like, of course, being a sports fan as I am, the, mm. um, there was a uh, an NBA ref, um, and... He, his name was Tim Donahue, and he was banned for life um, because he was gambling um, on games that he was refing. Mm. Um, and then, of course, um, Pete Rose uh, is famous in the baseball world for being denied eligibility into the Hall of Fame forever for betting on his own games. So this is a problem that isn't new. It's just a problem that is sort of just now permeating video games. Yeah. Um and obviously this is something this people shouldn't be doing this. Um right. But also it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> Of course, yeah. No, it's definitely one of those things that you never sit there and you're like, oh, I guess this isn't something I ever thought would happen, but it makes sense. And it's really funny that it's happening. Like, these, this is happening in Australia, and it's getting so bad that the FBI from the United States is getting involved. Yeah. And there's apparently about 40 guys who are involved in this, some of which aren't even betting, but are just manipulating the outcome for their friends who are betting. Um, It is just so weird. My favorite quote in the entire article is just at the end. Um, Smith, who works with, 
the uh, Ian Smith, the commissioner of the Esports Integrity Commission, um, had this to say, quote, the first part we'll deal with quite quickly because we're dealing with idiots, basically. <laughs> the first part being um, just the overall people with within Australia doing this um, match fixing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just just stop betting on your own games, man. It's just don't just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's all I got to say. Um, next up on the list, article on party uh, Polygon by Michael McWhorter. Um, PlayStation Plus offers Days Gone, Oddworld, Soulstorm in April. Um, so, yeah, the free games for April this year are going to be Days Gone, um, which was a game that I heard a lot of mixed reviews on. I heard it was, like, okay. I'm sure it's fantastic it like, like, for free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of games are fantastic for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll not get into that, but... Um, Days Gone, and then you also get uh, Zombie War, Zombie Army 4 Dead War, uh, which is from the makers of Sniper Elite 4, uh, which has the flavor of Nazi zombies. Wow, who could have seen that coming? Mm-hmm. Um, PS5 owners can download Oddworld Soulstorm, which I believe is the new one. Yep, it's debuting on PlayStation Plus. It is um, doing what will forever be known as pulling a Rocket League um, yeah. because man, you remember when Rocket League came out and it came out as a free game and people were like, what are they doing? They're running any chance of success that they have into the ground. Mm-hmm. And, yes. um, and now Rocket League is gone. Yeah. Um, haven't heard anything from psionics in years and years no never who who (laughs) are you sure that's the developer i've never heard of rocket league is still one of the biggest games on planet earth consistently Mm. it Mm -hmm. nothing nothing happened to them negative as as compared to what people thought was going to happen because they were starting off free. And so being able to be like, you know what? No, screw you. We're fine. Let's inspire some more people to do this as well. And I, I mean, props to that team for doing it. Right. And to play devil's advocate, they're getting paid a lot of money to do that from Sony. Mm. It's not like it's not like people apply to be the free game of the month. Sony reaches out to the companies like, "Hey, we want to make you the free game of this month. Right. We'll pay you this amount of money for it that you would that would be on your typical revenue or whatever." Right. Um. So yeah, it, it's definitely super interesting. I'm very excited. I mean, I know this is a game I said multiple times that I would at least be interested in to play at some point, mm-hmm. and now I get to play it for free. Yeah. So hey, um, another quick note I want to bring up that you didn't actually link here, but I saw on like my Chrome recommended or something, uh, the PlayStation three and PlayStation Vita stores are closing. Yep. Uh, and those are ending, I think in August or no May, June and August respectively. Um, so if you are out there and you have any PlayStation three or PS Vita games that you want to purchase, whether they be, uh, new games on those systems quote unquote new games on those systems or uh, digital games that you might not be able to play otherwise mm. now you probably should start thinking about budgeting those into your life yeah um, because I mean in you know in the matter of less than six months you're not gonna be able to get games on either so uh, maybe, maybe I'll pull out my PS Vita and dust it off again but who knows 
probably not. Next up on the list, um, article on Kotaku by Luke Plunkett. Uh, Microsoft sells three Bethesda's worth of Minecraft goggles to the U.S. military. Um, this is in reference to uh, how much Microsoft had purchased Bethesda for, which I believe was, oh, God. I I don't think it was $10 billion, was it? I know $10 billion is the number that comes up later. Um, was it nine? No, oh, whatever. They purchased, a, they, they basically spent three times as much as they did on Bethesda on shipping they made that three times as much as they spent on bethesda in revenue from the u.s military for sending out their hollow lenses to them mm-hmm. uh, they call it minecraft goggles because that was the big thing that a lot <clears throat> of people know it for was the um augmented reality goggles that you could play minecraft on mm-hmm. um and i've always been really interested in these things because i think they're super cool um and i'm kind of interested to see what the military wants to do with them it almost kind of feels like and I know this is crazy to say, but it almost feels like it's going to be like an actual like heads up display, you know? Yeah, no, I like it'll like, have heart rate, like your ammo cow and your gun or something like an actual HUD that you would have in a first person shooter game, which is crazy to me. Yeah, Nia and I um, started a rewatch of the MCU, and we so far we have watched um, just the first Iron Man, and it's hard not to think of like the display inside Iron Man's helmet. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool display. Oh, man, I just want my own Jarvis. That'd be rad. But yeah, I mean, that, and that's something too, right? It's just like, okay, you can, it'll quickly like highlight enemies or it'll be quick night vision or something. It's just, it's crazy what this is going to do. And it's, and it's also one of those things to remember that Microsoft doesn't just make computers and makes games, you know, like they make stuff for the U S military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I kind mean, of frequently, this is important because it's important to realize, especially when we're talking about some of the things that we're talking about later, mm. that Microsoft is sort of like if one team was playing eight different sports, not yeah. everything that it does directly influences everything else that it does. It's playing a completely different type of ball game than almost any other corporation on the planet. Mm-hmm. It, it it's just it is really the big fish in the pond. You know, everything else is kind of little fish compared to whatever Microsoft can kind of do at a whim. Mm. Um, I also love that they're using Bethesda's as a form of transaction money now. Uh, they're worth, you know, X amount of Bethesda's. Like, three Bethesda's Yeah, worth. which, also, I, I mean, like, it's important, though, even to say that because it puts it into such a beautiful context, like, that this is just a deal that they did mm. that's <laughs> just three times bigger than... Like the friggin' one of the biggest deals to go down in gaming history. <laughs> yeah. Like not and um yeah, it, it's crazy. It is going to be one of the most long standing talked about things. Uh, a little bit below they mentioned that it's seven point five billion, so I was a little bit off, but um this is going to be like the baseline because it's the really the biggest baseline that we have so far. You know, gaming gaming companies getting bought out is not anything that's like super new, but mm. one of this caliber is definitely going to be like the thing um, is going to be the baseline. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the exact details of this deal are they're going to be delivering 120,000 headsets over the next 10 years, mm-hmm. which think about that. 
120,000 headsets for $22 billion. That's, those are some fancy little devices. Yeah. Um, I mean, whenever the HoloLens was first announced for purchase from consumers, I think it was sitting at, you know, a couple thousand dollars then. Uh, I only know that because I was like, ooh, I want to know how much it is. Like, I'll buy it if it's like, you know, five, six hundred bucks or whatever. And I was like, three thousand. I was like, never mind. Goodbye forever. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's neat. Uh, speaking of Microsoft buying things, um, which is a common trend these past couple of weeks, uh, <laughs> article on Yahoo's finance page by Daniel Howley. Microsoft could be the king of gaming if it spends $10 billion on Discord. We're, we're just buying everything. Um, Discord, for those of you who don't know, is a giant communication platform, I think is the best thing you can call it, mm. um, that was previously heavily connotated with gaming. But since then, Discord has moved away to a more general all-purpose chat platform in an effort to not uh, condense its market down into one area. Right. They've made it a lot more friendly. Like discord.gg is still like, we'll link to their website, but now it automatically redirects you to discord.com. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have the free games through them anymore. This, that, and the other. So it's still widely used by people who play games. Um, that's what most people use it for. But I mean, hell, like everybody uses it. We're using it right now. Yeah. <laughs> like this could be huge. I mean, we we've, we talked about that with the Bethesda one, but this could really be a huge game changer for Microsoft. Now, here is sort of what I wonder. And I could see this from any perspective. Like, I could mm. see any of this being true. But I do kind of wonder if this is a Microsoft buying something for Xbox thing, or if this is a Microsoft buying something for Microsoft thing, um, Mm. because, you know, it, it talks about the, uh, you know, the, the king of gaming and yeah, true. Microsoft could be the king of gaming, but at the same time, are we talking about, um, Microsoft's console sensibilities or Microsoft's PC mm-hmm. sensibilities. So I think a lot of people are immediately seeing this and they're saying Xbox, Xbox, Xbox. It's like there's a solid possibility that no, that's not the case. Yeah. At the very least, they'll use it to They'll basically what I imagine would happen in that scenario too is they would just keep Discord where it's at right now. There's no reason for them to take it off of any market because Discord is profitable from Discord Nitro. Um, And then, in addition, you just use that infrastructure that Discord has created, use it to buff off what you have for Skype or Mm -hmm. for Teams at this point for your enterprise environments. You use Discord, kind of replace it as the Skype, like the classic Skype, and use Discord as a a packing thing on Windows, which would be super weird to think about if you... Oh my God, that's oh good lord, that's weird. Nothing like booting it up. God, I I still remember the old Skype ringtones when I used back before we had Discord. Oh, I I the weirdest thing too. We're gonna get really sidetracked here. I I skipped from uh, Skype to Discord. I never used Teamspeak when that was really. Mm. We'll get getting back into it. Um, I just remember that all the YouTubers back in the day used Teamspeak because. Um, Skype would really tank your computer's performance. So anyway, yeah, this is this is huge. Um, it not only will it allow them to just have 
you know, Discord on hand. Um, but it also would have information on like just a lot of stuff. This is this is crazy. I I, just, I don't I don't know if we can fully explain just how big this could possibly be in a short amount of time. Yeah. So. Um, And some people would go look at this and go, oh, this is going to be like uh, whenever Microsoft bought Beam and renamed it as Mixer. Uh, but it won't be, really. Discord's biggest competition right now is Slack, if I had to guess. Um, but everybody who uses Discord doesn't want to move to Slack. Like, they're very two very key different things. Right. Uh, so there, there's not really a competition for Discord to die against. Like with Twitch... There was a lot of, um, with with Twitch and Mixer, you know, Twitch was the alpha dog. It had been there for a while. It was going to be there for a while. Mm-hmm. So. So. Oh, man. Oh, I'm just going to be thinking about this all night. Uh, <laughs> next up on the list, article on Tech Radar by Samuel Tolbert. E3 2021 will be a free event for all attendees, but could offer extra content behind a paywall. This is super weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's cool, right? Especially because E3 this year is going to be digital. They'd be silly to just block it off with exclusively paid. Mm-hmm. Especially with how E3 is becoming less and less of a game journalist event and more and more of a game advertisement event, right? People go to right, E3 right, right. to essentially be advertised to. And you don't want to pay for that. People, especially still with all of the world events going on, people are a lot less inclined to pay for things right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so basically E3 came out today on their official Twitter and said the digital show is a free event for all attendees. We're very excited to fill you in on all the real news for the event very soon. Uh, but there's a report from VGC that alleges there are plans for some kind of paid access pass, including premium content, such as access to game demos. Um, which honestly, if you could pay for a premium content, like if you could pay for a premium pass and it gave you access to various game demos, I'd pay for that. Yeah. I would absolutely pay for that. That, that seems like a really, really good deal. Cause that's what E3 is. You know, you pay to like, we get all of the news while we're at home watching the big Keystone presentations already, but now we can pay the content and then get the feed to us. We could just download all of the demos and stuff to our systems, which is extremely cool. Um, Mm -hmm. let's see. Shortly after the VGC report went live, however, Jeff Keighley, shout outs to the homie, um, chimed in with a simple message that just says free to play hashtag summer games fest. Hmm. Um, so I, I think that that's kind of like a thing of like, Oh, you know, summer's game fest is going to be completely free. Like there's not going to be any sort of pay thing, but, I, I, I'm sure that it's one of those things that E3 that's still in the works, you know, like they're still trying to figure out how they want to market it right now because it's one of those weird things that they can't put ads into it because it'll disrupt the ad experience mm. and people, there isn't a good spot in the middle of a presentation to put an ad in, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's also to a certain extent about how to keep E3 going Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, we talked about this briefly at the, um, at the beginning of COVID where like E3 
very well may not ever be quite the same again. Nope. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't really see it ever being the same again as right. as I, what it was. Yeah, I'd be shocked if it was. So, like, what do we, and by we, I mean if I'm sitting in a boardroom, right? If I, if I am the, I'm, if I'm Mr. Um, E3, Mm -hmm. how do we handle this? And unfortunately monetization, it's tough because nobody wants to pay anything, but everybody needs money to keep going. Right. And (laughs) it's like, one of those two things is going to have to break in each individual case. Mm. I, I, I think, too, though, that we're looking at a world now where the people who grew up with games are starting to enter the workforce and have careers in mm. which in larger quantities than they were previously. Gaming yeah. is becoming so much more and more mainstream that people are starting to get into it more and more. And sure, there's an overwhelming majority of gamers who are like, no, I don't I don't want to pay extra. I just want to pay for my game or whatever, right? Which mm-hmm. is totally valid. But there's people like me and you who are like, yeah, we understand how the things work. We understand how to keep the lights on. We'll, we'll support this. I would gladly support to keep E3 around, you know, if, like depending on how much the premium passes. Like I'd spend 20 bucks, right. you know, 30 bucks. I don't know how much the E3 passes are. They're usually a lot more expensive than that. But for a digital pass, I'd gladly spend that, especially because they don't have to have the location they don't have to pay the overhead on that so right but but we're entering a world now in which gaming is so much more mainstream and common and the people are entering the workforce that we're going to see more and more people be able to contribute to these kinds of things and more appropriately support developers in hand yeah that makes sense um you know we also are entering a world though where darn it PlayStation and Microsoft and um, Nintendo and all of these different platforms can do it themselves. Mm-hmm. We saw that just this year with Sony not going to E3 mm-hmm. for the first time in, I think, well over a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they instead I mean, that weekend. Oh. That was actually, and it, it, time is a flat circle, that was two years ago. Oh my god. And then oh. this last year E3 was canceled. Oh my god. I forgot. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> but yeah, so we saw that 2 years ago, right? With Sony just being like, yeah, whatever. We'll just hold our own thing like the week after or something. Mhm. And it was a lot less money for them. They didn't have to go and actually present in person. They could record it ahead of time. A lot better for them. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, I don't know. And we've, we've seen this that starter style work forever with Nintendo Direct, which it does make you think, like, do they really need E3 anymore? And the answer is leaning more towards no. So maybe E3 is going to start turning into more of a double A to single A producer thing of, like, big companies like um, D- uh, Devolver Digital. You know, just yeah. like bigger companies that can need to get their, like, more information out. Who knows? We also might see partnership deals with Sony and everybody else to like actually put their 
basically they make the direct ahead of time and they're just like, okay, we'll put it on at our show. How much money mm-hmm. do you want to do that? And maybe that's where E3 will evolve into is that you pay Sony or whoever X amount of money to put on their advertisement, Okay, which yeah. is weird. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how well that would work, but that could be some <laughs> a direction that it could maybe end up going. So. Yeah. All right. Next up on the list, um, Casey, were you talking tired of talking about CD Projekt Red? I know it's been a couple of weeks. So hope, hopefully, you've refreshed your palate on it. Uh, we can talk let's more go. about. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, did you Did you know that CD Projekt Red had multiplayer planned? Mm-hmm. I had no idea, and that is the funniest thing I've heard all day. Um, <laughs> thankfully, CD Projekt Red is reconsidering Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven multiplayer. Thank God. I mean, this game has been off to such a rough start. This is. A good news, like, I had no idea that they were thinking about multiplayer for this kind of game, which it's one of those things that I had with Bioware with Anthem is just that CD Projekt's good at making single-player open worlds. Just just don't try to stick multiplayer into it for longer replayability. Just let them focus on what they're good at, and players are going to buy it and play it. Mm-hmm. That's it. You don't need to stick multiplayer into everything. <sighs> but... um. Yeah, this article on uh, Game Informer by Lena Ruppert is basically just saying that in a investor's call, the pre- president, uh, Adam uh, Kaczynski, made a passing comment regarding the multiplayer component that was expected to arrive uh, next year in 2022. Uh, the team is currently reconsidering whether or not multiplayer should be a focus or even a thing at all, which as I, I'm sure if it was obvious, I'm sure it was obvious, but I'm against it. I don't think that they need it. Um, yeah, so... I, it's just interesting, um, and and this kind of really well leads us into the main. Luckily, unquote, main article. that is the only piece of news about um, CD Projekt Red. So oh, okay, see, just... I, I I'm sorry to inform you. I'm sorry to inform you. Uh, that little uh, conference that I talked about earlier. There's a lot more in that that we have to talk about now. Mm. CD Projekt Red is changing how it makes games after disastrous Cyberpunk 2077 launch. They better. Article on the Verge, <laughs> Jai by Jay Peters. Um, I read through this article. The main thing um, that Adam Kaczynski goes on to talk about is that they're changing their teams to be m- more agile focused teams to where they have the people who are making the engine on one area. And then they also have a per- another team making one game and a third team making another game, which is pretty common practice in a lot of AAA studios nowadays. In like Pokemon Company, for instance, has been making uh, in-house games forever, you know, on and off. Like they're making a game and then mm-hmm. another group is making a game. Like they're alternating each year in the same house. Um, but we're starting to see that now is that they're more solidifying within CD Projekt Red. We're having engine team, cyberpunk team, Witcher team, essentially. Yeah. Um, which good. <laughs> I mean, in no world should the people who were testing the game also should have been the people working on the engine. That was always doomed to fail. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do feel like though CD has this pretty consistent issue where it says all the right things in the worst way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Maybe phrase it a little bit differently, because what it sounds like at first glance is, well, Cyberpunk went so well, we've decided to make two games at once next time. (laughs) 
And it's like, that's not no, exactly that's not what, what the case is. Right. But that's what it but that's sounds what it, like. That's what it sounds like. Right. It's, oh my God. I didn't even think about that. I, I read this. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Coming from a game designer, I was like, oh yeah, this totally, this totally tracks. I don't, I'm surprised they didn't do it before. But coming from like an outsider, you're like, oh, they made one game that was really bad. So now they're going to make two games at a time. Um, but in theory, what this is going to allow them to do is split up uh, groups of people into teams who can more effectively troubleshoot particular parts rather than everybody kind of fixing everything when they can. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll save a lot of backlogged work. Um, they also announced that future marketing campaigns will be much shorter with promotional content released closer to the actual release of the given game, which good. I mean, we first saw <laughs> cyberpunk 2014, I think is when it was. Yeah. Um, the company is also committed to publishing a new roadmap each year. Immediately contradicted themselves. <laughs> like, I, I get it. They're not going to show actually what the game is, but the thing about big open world games like this by CD project is I feel like they're going to take a lot longer than what they can properly portray on a roadmap. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, we're not going to hype up these games, but we're going to let you know exactly what we're doing at all times. But we're going to make games better, but we're going to make multiple of them, and we're CD Projekt Red. This is... I'm glad that they're taking steps to make the work life better. I mean, they did talk about... Um, I guess they didn't touch on it here, actually. Um Hopefully, I, I hope that the work life becomes better for the developers, uh, whoever's mm-hmm. left at this point. Um, oh, fun fact, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 still isn't on the PlayStation Store. Correct. Uh, after Over 100 days. No yeah. So this is, it's crazy. I mean, they are really trying hard to save themselves in the public light, but I'm curious. Uh, let's see what their score is on Metacritic. Uh, I mean, it's still like on Steam. It's a seven out of ten. Google users is a seventy-two percent. It's one of those games that it's a five star or a one star. Yeah, you know, it is. There is not that much middle ground. Um, but on Metacritic, we see a somewhat similar sort. We actually see a Metacritic score of about eighty-five. So by the reviewers, but a user score of about 7.1. So we're seeing about a 7 on this game. Hmm. Um, just last week, though, they released another big patch addressing a lot of the bugs that people have been uh, working with. Um, I'm just interested to see where they go from here. I, I still want to pick up this game at some point, but when that some point is, is unknown to me. And I own it, and I still haven't started it. You should. You should just open it up and just give it a shot and just see how bad it is. Oh, I you do think... have the. Are you just going to keep waiting? Well, the... are you letting it age like a fine wine? I'm kind of wanting them to get to. I, I halfway said to myself, I'm waiting for the um, the next gen update. Update. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I've said to myself. I'm going to do. Um, I don't know if I'll make it until then. At some point, I'm going to be like, eh, let's, let's do it. But right. 
Like it's a lot harder to say that you'll do that whenever they don't have a roadmap. <laughs> I know I just right. said that, but they should have a roadmap on. I think they have a, they do have a roadmap. Sorry. Uh, I just don't know if they have the next gen, like completely playable date on there or not. Right. Um, at least for me with um, final fantasy seven remake, I'm still planning on playing that whenever they release the update, but I know that's mid June. That is a thing that's happening. Um, so it's a lot easier for me in that regard. Um, mm -hmm. I did just look at, I did just look at the list and that's not coming until, you know, almost until 2022. Yeah. Uh, so that is months and months and months from now. So maybe, maybe you'll just have a bad day and you're like, you know, what'll make me feel good <laughs> laughing at cyberpunk. So, <laughs> but that Casey is what is making news this week. Oh, yay. Anything breaking before we hop off this week? <laughs> Any, any big news that we should cover I right mean, now because I, I every week that we don't ask ourselves this we hop off and then we yeah, go ah, yeah, yep yeah, there's yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um mostly just a lot of april fool's stuff today yep <laughs> shout um, outs to uh, kotaku uh, <laughs> okay so this is a perfect palate cleanser to end our day let's laugh about this real quick <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to go ahead and take this one? Oh, uh, yeah. Because I only saw the aftermath. I didn't see the original thing. Yeah. So last night, Kotaku releases this <laughs> article, and they said um, Halo Infinite has been delayed until 2022. And I was like, well, first of all, I was like, I I accept this without complaint. <laughs> like <laughs> sure. I'm like yeah, take yeah, all the time you need. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but here is the <laughs> what the article reads now. Hey everyone, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Halo Infident has not, to Kotaku's knowledge, been cancelled. We fell for a fake tweet. From an, in hindsight, obviously fake account, follower count 53, <laughs> on the eve of April Fool's. Yes, I realize how this looks. I regret the error. Kotaku regrets the error. Halo Infinite is planned for release in the back half of 2021. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> God, could you could you imagine like forever ago? I was like, I'm not falling for anything on April Fools ever. Yeah, like, I I every day I wake up and it's April first. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm not paying attention to anything on the internet today. Mm -hmm. And could you imagine just be how embarrassed you would be to write this article? I feel so bad for the dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like honestly, he's just trying to stay up to date on the news having to write up the stuff really quickly. And then he goes, Oh, a follower account of 53. Like I have more uh -oh. followers than that fake account, <laughs> you know? Ah, <sighs> man. So, yeah. Ah, man. That was a good palate cleanser. <laughs> All right, Casey. I think, I think that'll do it for us this week. Thank you, you sure? for talking game news with me this week. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you all listeners for listening. Wow. Uh, if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you uh, can find your podcasts at. Um, you've done a pretty good job already if you found us. 
you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Making Fun Pod. You can find Casey on Instagram and Twitter at Casey on Camera, and you can find me Raven on Twitter at t- Ravy underscore Baby on Twitter.com. Um, and until next time, uh, just pull a Microsoft to go buy the most expensive thing that you can. No, no. <laughs> <laughs>